Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Manic Movie Misfits podcast. I am half of this podcast, John Phillips. And I'm the other guy, Trevor Chick. TJ is the other guy. I TJ, am other are you guy. a nice guy? That's debatable. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> are you a good fella? Ooh, I try to be. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I'll um, I'm okay with that answer for now. But I think <laughs> next podcast you're gonna co- have to come up with a better answer. But for now, I'll accept it. But... <laughs> Acceptance. Yes. Sometimes you just gotta accept things. You know, you just have to accept that. You know, don't look up. Got nominated for best picture, and and tick tick boom did not. Sometimes you just have to accept things like that. And you have to accept things oh like. God. The Green Knight and No Time to Die not getting nominated for Best Cinematography. You just have to accept it sometimes. Yeah, there's there's a lot to accept in the Oscars. <laughs> there is. It's something. All right, well, that's a little tease for you because <laughs> later on in the podcast, we'll we're going to get there. We're going to talk about the latest Oscar nominations that came out, was it Monday morning, Tuesday morning? Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, that's what I thought. Yeah, because... Uh... We talked about him when I was doing homework. That's right. Mr. Helicopter, do you mind? Like flying right over my house. TJ, I hate to break it. Helicopter. I hate to break it to you, but you're Ray Liotta in Goodfellas right now. Oh. The helicopter is is stalking you. I'm just going to casually look out my window and see if they're on to me. Pretty much. All right. Well, the stuff we're going to be doing in today's podcast is first we're going to talk about Oscars, as we mentioned, and we're going to finish the conversation with an Oscar-nominated movie, Tick, Tick, Boom. And yeah. then we'll, we'll call it a day, and I will relentlessly roast TJ after the end of the recording session. That you won't get to hear, but... Because there's going to be some, you know... It's, uh, TJ's just going to be in total emotional just breakdown mode yeah he's just gonna break down it's gonna be real fun it's how i get my stress out anyway with that being said that's why we need to add emerson (laughs) yeah yeah well i'm your late late podcast guest well you know we've been teasing the argument that emerson and i are gonna have on here the debate we're gonna have on here about the first two sequel movies yes the first two sequel movies and I think we might need to have that happen this summer so oh my God. people can get what they want, which is absolutely no one because there's barely anyone that listens to this podcast in the first place. But nonetheless, it would be Just very enjoyable. People yell at each other. It's going to be fun. It's, it, you, can't, you won't want to miss it. For the three people that are listening to this, you won't want to miss it because oh my God. it'll be entertaining. It's so funny. TJ will probably say five words throughout the entire thing because that's usually how Emerson and I's arguments work. TJ's just there. Yeah. He has his popcorn. He has his, you know, soda. He has his LaCroix, and he's just of watching course. this go down. Yeah. I'm like the moderator who occasionally <laughs> steps in and says, like, two words and then disappears for another <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. That happened, like, two weeks ago, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think over the course of 20 minutes, I made dinner while you guys were talking about Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
And there was that glorious argument that Emerson and I had about the two sequel trilogy movies at your house. That was... You two were yelling at each other like a married couple. (laughs) Yeah. So so good. Oh, that was something to behold, I'll say. All right. Well, without further ado, let's jump into it. Oscar nominations, which we've kind of hinted at. We'll We'll just gloss over a few of them. We don't have to go through all of them, of course. Some of the highlights. One of those highlights, which TJ, you can definitely talk about because you've seen both of them, is Don't Look Up getting nominated for Best Picture and Tick, Tick, Boom not getting nominated for Best Picture. Your thoughts? Um, I mean... I'm, I'm, <laughs> going into this, I like both of these movies. Okay, I enjoyed them. I think Don't Look Up is a hilarious satire. I think it is so funny. Because, I, I mean, I love satires in general. And I think Don't Look Up is... It, it's really good at, like, satiring how... Like, just modern day, like, people. Because it's weirdly... It, it's, like, sadly true. Nonetheless, I do not believe it should have gone up for Best Picture. Yeah. Um... Writing, yes. I think I think a lot of some people are like, okay, the writing factor, that's fair enough. That that that's understandable. Best picture is a little strong because it's a little. Adam McKay, I love some of your movies. I love like Step Brothers. I love um, what's another one? I don't remember. Nonetheless, make great comedies. He, some of his later stuff, it feels like a, a YouTube video at points. It's weird. It's gross. Uh, with like freeze framing and weird cuts. It that's not best picture material. It's not. Mm-hmm. I can't. It, it's. Uh, I mean, some. I mean, scene direction is cool. Like the way like he does like he makes comedy out of like characters and stuff like that. That's cool. Direction is good, but the technicality of it is not great. It's really weird. So Yeah, and I think what really ticked people off with Don't Look Up is the fact that, again, it got nominated for Best Picture, but Tick, Tick, Boom didn't. You know, because a lot of people were saying Tick, Tick, Boom is a better movie than Don't Look Up, which I don't know what you think, TJ. What, What do you think? Do you agree with that? As a movie, yes. I don't even think there's a question there. Okay. Yeah. So that the fact that that went down in that way ticks people off. And again, I'll, once I watch Don't Look Up, I'll make my decision. But from what you've told me, TJ, it definitely – and kind of just the culture and the vibe that comes with Don't Look Up compared to Tick, Tick, Boom definitely seems like it shouldn't have been nominated for Best Picture and Tick, Tick, Boom should have. Of course, I can only vouch for Tick, Tick, Boom, which it definitely was best picture quality, and I wrote that in my mini letterbox kind of review when I was talking about it, and we're about to talk about it in a second. But hopefully, Andrew Garfield at least wins best actor for Tick, Tick, Boom, because we're kind of all pulling for him, especially after losing the Oscar when he was nominated for Hacksaw Ridge. 
And there's this, there is this craze with, with Andrew, and I pointed this out to you, TJ, on the phone call, but if he wins, oh boy, <laughs> the fandom for Andrew is going to – the whole social media is just going to light up and it's going to be crazy, which you know I've already given my spiel about recent Andrew lovers that claim they've been Andrew lovers forever – but actually haven't, and that that's just going to accelerate it. But that's a small price to pay for Andrew winning best best actor, and it would be cool seeing a actor win best actor in a musical film because it's been a hot minute off the top of my head that a best actor came yeah. from a musical film. Yeah, it's been a while. I think the last acting performance for that in general was uh, I think Emma Stone which was like four or five years ago. Yeah. That's right. Something like that. That's right. But like actor wise, I think it's been a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Because Ryan Gosling got nominated, but yeah, lost. he lost to a uh, Casey Affleck. That's right. Manchester by the sea, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Which I mean, that's a, that's a great performance. I've seen some clips. It, it's a, it's a very hard to watch movie at times. Because it's... I bet. It's it's something. Well, on that depressing note, i got to add that to my watch list, by the way. L- what else do we want to talk about? Oh, I'll say one of my gripes, No Time to Die, not getting, not getting nominated for Best Cinematography. Bruh. What the hell? It wasn't your... The reason why I think it should have got nominated is because of how creative it was. One of the reasons is how creative it was. Because from the movies that... The shots that I've seen from movies that I haven't watched and the movies I have watched from this year, they're nowhere near as creative shooting-wise as No Time to Die was with, you know, the reflections of the glass and, you know, three camera 360s and all that stuff. It was so good and so refreshing because it wasn't just a film nominated for cinematography that had a bunch of landscape shots because primarily No Time to Die, there was barely any landscape shots. Bold, extremely wide landscape shots. And that was kind of refreshing. I was hoping it would get nominated for for Best Cinematography, but but didn't. It was definitely my favorite shot film of the year that I saw. Now, of course, I hadn't, I haven't seen a lot of the ones nominated for Best Cinematography, but... I mean, I can't imagine that all of those films have better cinematography than No Time to Die. Obviously, Dune, I understand, because Dune has great cinematography, and I have seen that one. And again, I think it's... I mean, we all have our own opinions, but I think it's better than Dune's because of the creativity aspect. And when I just think about cinematography in general, and I look back on, okay, so I'm just sitting here, you know, thinking about what are some some of the greatest shots that I've seen that really stick in my brain that coming out of the song, the no time to die song with, and that whole sequence of the guys coming in and invading the research, that research level on that building sticks in my brain as one of the, it was one of the first things that comes up. So it's kind of a shame, but what can you do? In my opinion, since the late 90s, the Oscars have really become hit and miss. I mean, let's not even talk about Shakespeare and Love winning over Saving Private Ryan. 
okay, I'm just going to have to sit for a second. And I've actually seen Shakespeare in Love for people that are like, well, maybe, you, maybe you're, just, you're just a hater because you haven't actually seen Shakespeare in Love. I have, first of all. I watched it last year, and I've seen Saving Private Ryan. You shouldn't even be able to compare those films. We can say this for another podcast, and TJ, obviously I want your thoughts on the whole No Time to Die thing, but yeah, real hit and miss. TJ, thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's... There's been a lot of things this year, just in general, that, like, weirdly did not go up. Like, um... I've seen a lot of people talk about come on, come on for writing and directing um, and stuff like that. Or like even like Green Knight for cinematography and stuff like that. Where it's House just of like, Gucci for costume design. Yeah. Um, where it's just like I'm surprised there wasn't a few of those like what you're having with No Time to Die. Um, I'm sad that it is that one because No Time to Die is amazingly shot it <laughs> was it, it's so good yeah um but yeah i i mean i haven't seen a lot of the ones in the in the in the running so i i, I will save my reservations because i think i've only seen dune uh which i mean i thought was absolutely fantastic um as well as no time to die i should have um, go ahead um, yeah, I, I was definitely expecting something of that caliber, kind of like, oh boy, this is going to be interesting, kind of, uh, selection for some, at least something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I held nothing back. I'm sorry. The only cinematography movie that, cinematography nominated film that I've seen is Dune. But I, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to hold back. Because, you know, again, I'm biased. I love Bond movies. But specifically the way they moved the camera in action shots, among other things, was chef's kiss. I'll have to watch the other ones to so I can fully back up my opinion. But that's my initial impression impressions. Also for best actor, I'd be okay with Will Smith winning it because I heard he did a pretty good job and he hasn't won an Oscar yet, but it's been nominated a couple times. And I've heard he is a heavy favorite along with Andrew to win it. According to just kind of the buzz that I'm getting from social media film accounts, it seems that Andrew is the popular opinion to win it, but Will Smith is coming in as also a heavy favorite that isn't being talked about enough to win Best Actor. I'd be happy either way, but I'd prefer Andrew. Also, I'm also happy Javier got nominated because I'm always, I've been always been a Javier fan. You know, No Country for Old Men is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I always enjoy seeing him put a good performance in. So I plan on watching that soon after five or ten episodes of I Love Lucy, just so I can kind of get a a base for it and maybe add some more context to the film. And Aaron Sorkin, I mean, he's a writing god. He's basically our best modern writer of the 21st century and you know you know a few good men which that was in obviously early 90s but still few good men moneyball right moneyball was aaron sorkin yeah moneyball Mm -hmm. uh social network some really great stuff so we'll see did did um 
did being the Ricardos get nominated for writing? I didn't look. No. No, it didn't. Interesting. It, it, it went up for three acting ones, but okay. no writing. That's interesting. Usually when it goes up for that many acting nominations, it, that usually results in a Best Picture nom, right? Yeah. Or no? It's a yeah most times, or like, or writing, or directing, or something like that. But no, it's, yeah, it's three acting ones, and that's, hmm. it's, yeah, weird. which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. TJ, is there any other Oscar gripes or things you want to talk about before we move on to Tick, Tick, Boom? Um, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of these. I've been, I've, I've been to, like, when they came out, so. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm, all I'm saying is I'm just excited to watch a bunch of movies because these all look really good. Yeah. In their own little ways. Man. I did see that, like, this year a lot of smaller stuff went up for Best Picture because you got Licorice Pizza, which is kind of smaller, mm-hmm. Dakota, Nightmare Alley, Belfast, what's Power the, of the Dog. What's the driving one? Uh, yeah, dr- uh, Drive My Car. Um... Like, very, usually, like, the smaller stuff kind of gets overlooked. But this year, it's, it kind of took over Best Picture, which I'm totally here for. Like, there's not a lot of, like, really big budget stuff other than, like, Dune, West Side Story, Don't Look Up. Uh, yeah, those are, like, the big three, but, like, big budget ones. Like, we're always, like, real big budget ones. Then everything else is, like, Mid to smaller, which is really cool. Schindler's List won Best Picture, correct? It did. So Steven Spielberg has a Best Picture film. Yes. I'm trying to think if he has another. Uh, I think he just has one. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, he should have two, Actually, but we're not, like I said, we're not getting into that. Okay. We'll save that for another day. <laughs> don't oh, want to get into it. Okay. I, I can tell you. Yeah. You can tell. You're getting into it. Oh my gosh. Just the opening scene alone. Just look just literally watch the opening scene to Saving Private Ryan. And it's ten times better than any like twenty five times better than anything that came out of Shakespeare in Love. I'm sorry all all the Shakespeare in Love fans, but Okay. Anyway. Yeah, he's I'll only stop. won once for best picture stuff. I, that's what but I he's figured. gone up like 50 billion times. That's what I figured. Okay. Oh. I think we're done with Oscar stuff. I feel like if we go on too much longer, I will eventually force myself into the rant. The <laughs> Shakespeare Love, Same Private Ryan rant. So I think oh, if you're no. good, TJ, we can move on. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Now to our grand finale of this episode. It's is Tick, Tick, Boom, which we both watched and decided, hey, we, we're been pretty busy, but we managed to both watch this film in the past two or three weeks, so let's talk about it. And, I was going to say, I, haven't, I watched this almost a month ago. Yeah, what? so we'll just kind of give our overall thoughts to it and what we can remember. And I know one of my thoughts coming out of it was we need more musicals because they've kind of died out. You know, we've they honestly have. Yeah, we've got a slight resurgence with In the Heights and West Side Story, the reboot of West Side Story, not the reboot, the remake of West Side Story, 
and now this, Tick, Tick, Boom. And they're really enjoyable. I forgot how much I like musical movies because they oftentimes come with really good choreography, like, of course, this film. And it's just refreshing. It's something you don't see very often. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like part of the uh, the musical resurgence has come with, like, just Lin-Manuel Marie, or I think that's how you say his name? I don't remember. Yeah, it I is. I think that's his name. I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, because, I mean, three of the big musicals of this last year, he had something to do with. Are you serious? Uh, he, yeah, because he directed Tick, Tick, Boom. He, and then I think he, I think he wrote in the heights like originally oh my gosh and then he wrote the music for Encanto. <laughs> my man is literally pulling the musical genre out of the dead for films honestly yeah because i mean <laughs> before he came around the only like big musical that actually like people talked about for the last like 20 years and eh, 20 years like that was like five ten years like La La Land, that was it. Mm-hmm. This is like past that you don't. There were, I mean, Frozen was up there too, but like, like stuff actually people people still talk about. But um, it's just like it, it, it's refreshing to see someone so big in that kind of field bring out like a a genre again because Lord knows we don't have many mainstream ones anymore, which is kind of weird because they were such a big deal for a long time it is another thing i was surprised by is that it actually met the social media hype so this is one of those big social media movies that everyone posts about and will post two or three scenes from and it met the unfortunately i get affected by the social media hype more than i should but even with being affected by it, it met my expectations. There were the expectations that I kind of created in my mind when I was seeing all this hype for it on social media. And I'm really glad when that happens. Unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't. And I had this issue with Seven. I've mentioned this before on the podcast where, in a little different light, but I saw so many clips from it that the film just kind of got watered down for me. And I lost a lot of the first first viewing experience that I would have got and kind of affected my ranking of it, I, I can tell. But again, this film had none of that issue, had no issues with that. Thoughts, TJ? Uh, I mean, in terms of social media stuff, I honestly didn't watch much of it. Because um, I knew I was going to watch it in general. So I think I maybe watched two clips. Okay. Um which were maybe half of the clip from um, where he does like the fighting in the apartment dance routine thing with Vanessa Hutchins and Mm -hmm. um, the part where he's in the focus group where they're like, say something about America or that reminds you of America. And he says Grover Cleveland. And I was like, Oh my God, I love this. (laughs) And then I watched it the next night. Because I was like, I have to do it. Yeah. The plot was, and I didn't realize this, but it actually is based on a true story. This Jonathan yeah. Larson character. Yeah, the guy who wrote Rent. Yeah. The way they were able to mix in the 
true story component, but also have but but do it in a very musical way was kind of interesting because I mean, yes, this is a Broadway. The the film is based on this Broadway stuff, but oftentimes when you have a, I guess a semi he's a, I guess he's semi prominent, well a prominent I guess character kind of story in Broadway. Usually it's a very drama-oriented true story, which, I mean, there was drama in this, but the way they were able to use the his musical stuff and put it into the film while telling the story was really cool to see. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was always... I, 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 that was one thing I was, like, really into, was, like, the way they just bring out, like, like elaborate, like, musical numbers... Uh, in between, like, what feels like a, just a normal biopic film, which is really cool. Exactly. It it was very flush and wasn't awkward at any point when they were going into musical numbers and when they weren't. And after the film, 3090 got st- stuck in my head because it's, it's just kind of a jam, honestly. <laughs> um... The song that Honestly. opens the the first song that's played, yeah, it was it, it was really cool, and I it makes me want to just rewatch it. I definitely want to rewatch it soon because I just had such a fun time watching it, and it did have a very sad ending, but at the same time, it was still super fun to watch. And you know, set design was another big thing that I was surprised it didn't get nominated for set design. That was another thing I was going to mention for Oscars because there is some really cool set pieces. You know, the diner and other things like mm, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't quite get. I already mentioned a little bit, but the camera work really stood out with... There was a, there was that cool one shot in the apartments. And then the editing, too. Editing really stood out, like I said, because they were able to make it so flush with the musical stuff coming in and out. Your thoughts, TJ, on on that sort of collage of stuff that I just mentioned? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I think as a movie, like technically, it had some really cool things to it. Because um, I mean, I feel like editing and musicals in general are usually really good, considering they have to time everything up with the music and like the characters dancing around on screen. Yeah, but, like I think that that was something that was just like, this is it. Um, and I, I, I don't think it disappointed no. in any fashion. It was cool that um, they told the story f- all from that one room where Andrew and his, his band was, I think, or where Jonathan yeah. Larson's, I think that, that was his band or, you know, at least the people he worked with. And that's where the storytelling aspect came from and I did like the fact that there was a lot of storytelling of Andrew sitting down in that stage and talking about it because oftentimes we're always looking for show don't tell that's a big thing in writing and a big thing in in movies as well but I really did like the 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 telling aspect of this film more of that than usual yeah I think as like I, th- I think there this was like a use of like this is how to do narration because um, sometimes narration can be like too much at times mm-hmm. and you don't want as, as much as like you, as much as it comes out in the end. Uh, but I think this is like how to do it where it, it, 
it, it, it has its own like scenes in and of itself where it shows Andrew doing it like talking, but it also like it matches up with everything really well. Um in it, it it just felt like the like a good way of doing narration instead of like your basic bare bones. Uh never show the person narrating um and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. The the dance that the editing and the storytelling of Andrew, as we just mentioned, the narration and the just the events that were going on all melded together really well and just made it to the point where you never felt there was any awkward timing with anything. You know, it felt like it was all evenly paced and you really felt the journey that Jonathan Larson had in this short amount of time. There was never a point where you thought, well, that doesn't really make sense. They kind of just skipped over that or because they, because of time. No, it was very, and, and, Another thing, too, is in, in this whole timeline of the film, it was still it's, – it still felt like that despite emphasis on certain scenes. You know, there's the scene where he finds out that his friend has AIDS, right? He has AIDS, I think it is. His – Yeah. Yeah, his, his, his gay friend has AIDS and he has that – there's that really powerful scene where he's running through Central Park, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. It's all dark and he has that great – musical piece that he plays on that empty stage on the piano on the piano another good use of color palette by the way with all the the dark you know well it being dark out but also just like the dark stands and the dark stage and a lot of the the dark color the dark colored bridge and and stuff like that it was really really nice placement there yeah it's just they knew when to emphasize things that was really nice to see but still keep it very timeline oriented and making things seem natural was yeah. very pleasant to to see and and never made you think oh gee well that's that's sticking out kind of there in a, in a random way that makes no sense no it, it did really work mm-hmm. i get where you're going and also too you really saw the frustration and this obviously comes from andrew's acting where you could fully understand how long he had been dealing with this one script Oh, yeah. Trying to get it published. Because, yes, they say that it's, you know, eight years or whatever it was. But you can really like see that. through the emotion of Jonathan Larson what the, the, the toll it took on him. And really, he's showing us how long it's been with this script and just the frustration he has for for it not being able to get picked up by anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that... I mean, yeah, Andrew Garfield killed it in, like, every aspect, I think. His facial expressions and, uh, were bananas. Oh, yeah, the way he, like, he had the stress and all that, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, like I said, it's been a month since I watched this one. I definitely, I'm here to rewatch it. Yeah, maybe, in I think what we should do, too, is give it its own episode. To give it true justification, 
if you're down TJ at some point to yeah down the road I'm down because I feel like we should definitely give it its own episode because you know there isn't too many musicals that come out like this as we mentioned just several minutes ago I think that'd be nice we can maybe even do like a double feature you know we could do Tick Tick Boom and the new West Side Story or something along those lines okay I'm here for it another thing I'll point out is Andrew definitely stole the show and really stood out amongst the cast. But at the same time, the cast, the the supporting cast, held their role, held their own in a way where it was, oh, okay, we know these characters are side characters, but, and they do feel, even in the film, they feel like they have a lesser role and aren't quite on the level of Andrew, but they definitely work in their designated spot and do what they need to do. You feel where I'm coming oh, yeah. from? Yeah, I was going to say, it, it was one of those ones where no one feels quite like Andrew does, where they have that lead role. Uh, I feel like there was something else I was watched recently that had that kind of same thing, whereas like the main character feels weirdly different from like, or not weirdly different, but like very different in terms of like, um, like every scene is more about them than everyone else. Trying to figure out what that was, I can't remember. Yeah, and again, a lot of times there'll be films where that'll be bad. <laughs> like you'll see the main character and he's separated from everyone else, and your mind goes to, "Oh dear, I'm literally just looking at this guy, and then everyone else is worthless." It's the same idea, except. Those supporting characters that have them that have are on a much lower level, not a much lower level, but on a lower level than Andrew, still have that I guess niche where it works really well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah. And going back to, we kind of skipped over it a little, but I'll expand on the choreography. The scene that really got me was the scene where it's Andrew and his friend, I will come up with the name in a second, it's Jonathan Larson and his friend Michael, and they're going to Michael's new, you know, penthouse, isn't it a penthouse, apartment, penthouse? Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. And yeah, they that, had that, that so good. Dude, that dance number, and the dance and just the music was so good. The, 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 that is my favorite choreographed moment and i think debatably the best choreographed moment probably is actually best choreographed moment in the film you know going around the pillars into the elevator you know all those people coming out and just jamming dude it was great oh yeah the confetti going everywhere (laughs) but that one in um i liked the uh the cafe one uh, like halfway through. Yes, that those two in my mind stick out. Agreed. Um, and I think they both were absolutely excellent. Yeah, and then they continue it upstairs, or they don't. I don't think. Or uh, and then it starts upstairs and it goes downstairs. It starts upstairs and go downstairs. That's right. That was good too. Wasn't quite as flashy, but definitely had that level that the downstairs number had there was less people obviously it was just them two but that was done well 
I forgot to kind of highlight this when we were talking about Andrew going across the film and his arc, but that arc is is written well because it and also it aids Andrew's acting because we get to see those range of emotions and kind of his acceptance to oh crap, you know, I need to actually do I need to actually give in to going to this seminar to I think that's what they call it a seminar for these ideas, you know, for this product. I need to actually give into it so I can get money, you know, for a another musician in the group. And then I liked how at the end he almost gave up into, you know what, I just need to just do what you did, Michael, and just get into the advertisement business and I can't continue this. That just that whole scene was really emotional and one of the best acting moments in the film, right? Where Andrew, where Jonathan Larson goes to Michael and just kind of breaks down and says, you know, I can't do this. And Michael's saying, no, you can. That was definitely a very heartfelt moment. And one of the better, like I said, better acting bits in the film for Andrew. I mean, all of it was great. I think of that one and I think of the musical number in the abandoned kind of open outdoor theater. What else do I think of? I think of the fight with Susan in the apartment, those three just primo acting there by Andrew. Oh yeah. I mean, this movie in general is just so good. Mm -hmm. I think just all the way through in that kind of feel. I'm literally going to have to listen to 3090 after we get off off this episode. I, uh, yeah, I, I probably will as well. It's just, I guess to sum it up, the progression of this film is the best way I can sum up big pillars that sticks out because that includes the editing we've been talking about, the arc of Andrew's character that we've been talking about, the placement of the of the smaller characters in the film. I would sum it up in that in that way. Would you agree, TJ? Fashion. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I get where you're going. I I totally agree. What do do you think that it should have got nominated for set design? I'm curious. I mean, yeah, obviously I, I you haven't just seen. Up the, yeah, I just pulled up everything. Obviously, design. you we haven't seen a lot of the films, but I Production. guess what I'm asking is, you've seen a lot of films nominated for set design. So when you look at this film, TJ, would you say, okay, this is on par with the nominations that I've seen from past years, and I see it could have gone up for set design. Would would you say that? Um. Okay, I just pull. Oh, I'm looking at the five. Okay. Now, because it's Dune, Nightmare Alley, Macbeth, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Oh damn, um, those are all pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna say compared to those five, I think. I think it has tough competition in general just getting in there. Yeah. And I think I think those five might be the better choices. Yeah. But it does have some good set design. Yeah, it does. That is a good point. Yeah. It's definitely it definitely could have been like a next five sort of thing. Yeah. Let's see. Um Yeah, I'm trying to look at some of the other stuff that went up as well. Yeah, I, I, I could see. I then again, I haven't seen like a lot of these, so I don't know how how right I would be. But yeah, maybe for those that are listening, the very few of you that are listening, we TJ, if we watch enough of them, we could do an Oscar special. Maybe if we watch enough, we honestly, yeah, I'm 
I'm planning on watching a lot of these. Yeah. So. I know you and I over spring break are going to watch all the Apple ones together, possibly. Yeah, I'm here for it. There's, what, one, I think there's two Apple ones? Yeah, because I think it's Macbeth and Coda are the big two. Uh, everything else is, like, on other stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it... My, I guess my... Well, is there anything else I want to talk about about this film before we wrap up? Because I don't want to try and miss anything. Um, no, I think, I think we gave it justice, given the time that we gave it, and I guess I'll finish by saying, TJ, is there anything else you would like to talk about with the film? Uh, not right now. I think, for right now, I, for what I remember, I think I hit it pretty well, at least for what I talked about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we both hope he wins <clears throat> best actor for this film. Yeah. But I'm here for it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That'd be a great I know I can already tell it'd be a great Oscar speech. I already know that. Oh yeah. It's Andrew Garfield. How could it not be? <laughs> How could it not be? It's it's been the year of Andrew Garfield and Willem Dafoe. Well, Willem Dafoe's kind of had his own renaissance over the last couple years. But yeah. it's been the year of Andrew Garfield and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, they're the ones that have really come back in like popularity. Mm-hmm. And people realize, oh, damn. I mean, more so with Andrew, but oh, damn, these guys are really good actors. Oh, yeah. Because there was that moment where, you know, everyone was knew, okay, yeah, Willem Dafoe, but he wasn't really in much. And he wasn't really making any big marks on cinema on current cinema but he's really changed that with you know the lighthouse and you know obviously he's in spider-man you know nightmare alley uh, yeah he, he's really yeah. come back which is really cool it is i love Willem Dafoe. he's just he's just he's in just, general just a, like a really good guy from what i've heard he's super chill very likable well yeah. watching interviews with him mm-hmm. watching interviews yeah he i think what sold me too on him i always liked him but learning that he did all try to do all of his own stunts, and I think he did maybe for Spider Man, was really cool to to see because it, you know, I've talked about this before on the podcast. But say what you want about Tom Cruise, but the fact that he's like that character and then doing his own stunts for that character adds a whole nother level of authenticity, in my opinion. So oh yeah, it's awesome. Seeing that yeah, from I Wilhelm mean, from Willem in Spider Man was just it was so so refreshing to hear and such a welcoming thing because it really did bring when you when you knew that and then you watched him actually Green Goblin doing all that stuff and then the fact that Tom Holland did most of his own stunts too was just wicked cool watching that whole hallway fighting scene and stuff, that fight scene. Oh yeah. That whole section was, I mean, oh my god, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's your there's your tangent of the one of your. I think is that our only tangent of the day. I don't know. At this point, we have fifty billion of them. Every podcast usually. we do in the description of the podcast on Spotify and Apple, just say a podcast of tangents. <laughs> we might need to do that. 
So I, I, it is kind of, it, it, it's a staple. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> yeah, maybe we'll do, a, I think we should find time and do a full episode on Tick, Tick, Boom. Sorry guys for not just kind of being all over the place in this episode. TJ and I have had our, we're, you know, really getting, getting into second semester of sophomore year of college and oh, oh boy and as college students know you know there's a lot of work and so we're doing our best to keep the episodes going and we we hope you enjoyed this one i'm just scanning over some things making sure but i think we given the time we did enough we talked enough about tick tick boom and i got out what i wanted to say it just makes it just a movie that makes me feel really good <laughs> which is really nice considering all the the work and stuff that we've had to do in the last, you know, couple weeks as things have been heating up. Now, I think that's it for me. Also, I will say another thing that sticks out is, oddly enough, is the realization of that that musical number that he couldn't get, realizing what it would be when he was swimming in the pool. Oh, yeah. TJ? so good. Yeah, because yeah, you'll I... always hear, and I don't know if that actually happened with... Jonathan Larson, but I know a lot of times people, you know, exercise will bring out the, the, all these, you know, cause you have the endorphins and everything that I crazy cool ideas and ideas that you hadn't thought of before. So it was kind of cool seeing that and you were, and definitely was plausible considering, you know, that's how that goes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I haven't worked out in, in years and that would probably help my creative uses. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, TJ. I mean, sure, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. It, it probably would. So are you <laughs> suggesting that we put our mics and our computers on really stable floaty kind of floaties and we can just float them in the water and as we can as do the podcast swim. as we're swimming so all of these really cool ideas just randomly pop up in our heads? Is that what you're suggesting? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think it's been done before, so I'm just saying. It's really innovative. <laughs> we have, you know, we have our lemonade. We have our, what's a snack that people eat in the summer when they're at the pool? Watermelon. Watermelon. Okay, we have our watermelon. We have our lemonade. We have our chips. I'm going to get some tortilla chips in there, some guac. And we're just mad chilling at the pool recording a podcast with our $100 mics hoping they don't fall in the the... the <laughs> Swimming pool. I could see it. Oh my gosh, that would be that would be an experience. I gotta say, that would be absolutely terrifying. Would, <laughs> Trying not to break them. It it would be terrifying. I would say so, but it would be highly entertaining at the same time. Mostly oh, terrifying, yeah. but you know there is some. There will be kind of entertaining as well. Oh yeah, it, it has its it has its moments. <laughs> it has its moments. It has its value. Yeah, yeah. I think that's gonna do it for me, TJ. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? Um, I'm. I mean, other than seeing some movies soon, I mean, just kind of mad chilling, try and watch what I can. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah, same here. 
I'm seeing. I'm, re- I'm, wa- I'm watching Dune again tomorrow. Cool. And then seeing Uncharted next Friday. Harry Potter three. Uh, think that's a lot of the stuff on the menu. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts on Tick Tick Boom? Go see it. Well, it's real. It's pretty easy to see it. You just go on Netflix, which is nice if you have Netflix. We're pulling for Andrew. The we need more musicals. And that is all I have. Same. I'm, yeah, I'm tapped. Cool. Yeah, I'm tapped out too. It's, we hope you enjoyed another episode of the Manic Movie Misfits Podcast. See what I did there? I was kind of keeping people on their toes. They were thinking, John, are you going to go slow or are you going to go fast? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm keeping you on your toes. You don't know for sure. So I had to mix it up there. For that guy over there, TJ, Trevor, and for me over here, El Juan, as I'm known in the business, what business? No business, because I literally have no business. La cocaína? <laughs> no. See, I wanted to clarify that I have no business so people didn't get that idea. Obviously, that people wouldn't believe that if they were sane, because look at me. I'm just, you know, I'm me. But... You never know. I'm no Gus Fring, okay? Just come on now. Don't 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 think I'm a Gus Fring type of guy. All right? I'm no Walter White either. So I mm. may be as lame as Walter White, but trust me, I'm not I'm not into that. Also, I don't drive a Pontiac Aztec, so I mean that's also good. <laughs> what do you mean it's the best car? What a <laughs> that car just has Top 10 most beautiful designs of all time, I'd say. I mean, I think it's tr- oh, truly yeah. hated on more than it should, so I yeah, see I major issues with it, with it, you know? 10 out of 10. TJ, do we know what we're talking about next time? Uh, Uncharted? Yeah, we'll talk about Uncharted. I think we should definitely do a movie-centric episode. Because that it'll be a hot minute since we've done one. I guess uh, I guess we like could focusing on like two movies or something. Yeah, why don't we do Uncharted, and then we could do Uncharted and Licorice Pizza if you watch it by then. What do you think about that? If I if I watch it by then, I will totally. But if I don't, let's see. Well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah, maybe hit a genre that we haven't hit before. And, of course, I'm really eager to get back to Tick, Tick, Boom. The problem with Tick, Tick, Boom, I think I mentioned this, is TJ TJ hadn't seen it in a while, and I just watched it recently, but I didn't really – I forgot to write down any notes about it, so I was just kind of going off the top of my head. Because, you know, I like making excuses for myself because, you know, I'm an excuses type of guy. You love to see it. I'm just belting them out left and right. I'm a pro at it, okay? It just comes comes with – my it comes naturally just comes so naturally that's right so anyway there's there's another tangent um also i will say because i have to say this because this podcast wouldn't be a manic movie misfits podcast without another tangent and driving tj insane is the hype for the batman movie is incredibly (laughs) real right now oh my god uh (laughs) you don't even know Mm-hmm. how excited i am i i like the moment tickets went on sale i bought them we have the whole gang showing that up, up right oh yeah our gang for the batman is just as big as it is for spider-man 
I'm here for it. TJ, you said even at the beginning, like ever since they really came out with it, that you always were you always were hyped for this film. Yes, I've been excited for the new Batman movie for a long time. Yeah, and I'm um, not shy in saying that I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I was like one of the people that was just like, I'm so excited for this, mm-hmm. and you're like, really? Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> definitely like another Batman, and I was like, yeah, wow, how could you not? It's Robert Pattinson and, mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Reeves. Gonna be awesome. And for those that don't know, TJ literally beat me up after that podcast, guys. Like when we went off air, TJ started just punching me just out of nowhere, and you know it was straight up abuse. But you know I didn't say anything because he's my friend. So yeah, th- th- there were no charges. Yeah, he went. F- he literally went full Robert Pattinson on me, Batman, in that one scene where he's just beating all those guys up. Like that was literally me, guys. And I did. I'm such a good friend that I didn't call the cops on him. Okay, <laughs> I'm vengeance. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you know? Yeah, I, I've been so excited. I, I'm not shy in saying I was. I'm more excited, or I was more excited for Batman than Spider Man. You, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, I, I was not shy about it. Which I'm totally um, getting now, and I, I sort of got originally, but after kind of listening to interviews, and for those that don't know, there's a great inter- Fandango interview with Robert Pattinson, Jeffrey Wright, Paul Dano. Who's the girl, TJ? Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. And I think it's just those. I think it's those four. Oh, and um, Colin. What's Colin Farrell. Farrell. That's Colin right. Farrell. There was a great interview with them on Fandango that you guys should check out. Spoiler free, obviously. They don't say anything, but they kind of just talk about some of their favorite Batmans. And when Jeffrey Wright and Paul Dano said Adam West, or when Colin Farrell and Jeffrey Wright said Adam West was was one of their favorites, I just like melted inside because. People kind of forget about Adam West because he's kind of like everyone just treats him as the Joe, the, the very kind of wacky, very kind of and they because he because he's a kind of a wacky Batman with a lot more comedy and it's silly Batman. They kind of just cast him to the side, which is kind of unfortunate in my opinion because I I still hold him up there with all the Batmans because I mean that's just how it was at the time. They were just doing something different and that because they were doing something different shouldn't mean you you know downplaying because of that i mean from an acting standpoint obviously no he's not up there with them but he's literally the og okay give him give him his credit and like keep him relevant yeah. because he's awesome i mean yeah adam west is i mean he's adam west he's awesome yeah he doesn't love adam west <laughs> exactly um i mean i am dying to show my friend the adam west movie because it is <laughs> so funny dude it is and i just want to see like the pure confusion wipe <laughs> over her face of like wait wait a minute what am i actually watching <laughs> yeah no i made that comment in the group to the batman group chat about my excitement for adam west and no one responded to me i was depressed i was i was depressed. i was in class so i would have yeah i know I, I know i know you would have tj but unfortunately i don't think any of our other friends have seen it or don't share my same passion for it. Yeah, that don't it's share so well good. our passion because I know you really like him too, TJ. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I haven't watched Adam West stuff like I always like show stuff in a while, mm-hmm. but watched the movie what a year ago with you. Yeah, so funny it is. I was it is absolute ball watching that movie. Yeah. Well, for the a thousandth time, as we go on our a thousandth tangent, we really appreciate the listen. Again, 
Look forward to next week's episode. We try and post episodes now every, you know, Friday, Saturday in is kind of what we change the release dates for the episodes to. We're trying to be as consistent as we can with days, but you know, school is school. That's just kind of how the the dice rolls. How the dice falls. That's that's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We love to see it. We love to see it. All right, for that guy over there, TJ, Trevor, and for me over here, Juan, John, got the both names going out there, The both the our names and our nicknames going. I guess yours isn't as much of a nickname, but mine is a nickname. Anyway, yeah. I really need to shut up, so we need to get going. <laughs> we, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right, see ya. Bye.